I forgot to mention anything about offering when we were, we were getting y'all. Let me, just, let me just get off on that just a little bit more. Man, every demon that can get in a sound system or a guitar was doing it this morning. We lost all of our computer, all of our media. Our, our instruments were having issues. And that's because Satan doesn't want you to hear something this morning. Come on. He doesn't want you to get something out of this. So we're sitting here and we're being defiant. Come on. And we're standing on what Jesus has got for us. And so if you want to partner with the church, you want to be generous. We serve a generous God. Amen. And so I want to make sure that I am generous as well. If you want to give, you can text to give. We've got boxes at every exit. If you want to drop an envelope in those boxes, you can drop them up here in this thing. So anyway, we, we believe in being good stewards. All right, so let's jump into this this morning. Um, so last week, we, uh, we, we had a talk about being offended. How many of you got offended in the week after that? Let me tell you something about my personal life. After I preached a message about don't get mad about things, whoa, man, Roy, I tell you what. Man, I had to sit there and think, Lord, why did you give me that message? Come on. Because there were some things that happened in my week that made me want to stomp my feet and flip my hands around, man. And, uh, and I had to just remember, come on, you can, it's okay if you get mad about things, but in your anger, do not sin. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And so we talked about not being offended as much and having a uh, not expecting everybody to act like a holy person all the time because uh, guess what? A sinful person will do sinful things, right? Yeah. We kind of talked about this in Sunday school. And so I don't think it's fair for us to expect someone to, that, that doesn't know Jesus to conduct themselves with the character of Christ. Amen? And so when us, when we as Christians, when we cut those people off and say, hey, I'm done with you, man, because you acted like a sinner, Come on, that's not what Jesus wants. That's not the behavior that Christ wants from us. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so we want to look at Ephesians 4 uh, this morning. And we're going to talk, we're going to continue uh, this, this theme of no offense. And um, I think that uh, in, our, in our society, uh, people just get offended, man. People want to sit in this offended mode where they just, oh, I'm so mad at everybody and everything and every situation. And y'all, that's not the life that God wants for us. And so uh, if you'll turn to Ephesians 4, we're going to start at uh, verse 26. Um, and I'll give you, I'm going to do a little bit more intro as I get to where we're going to read that. This morning, we're going to talk about, y'all ready? Those people. How do we deal with those people? And it was so funny because before church, I was having like four conversations, and Jared was asking me what the title was, and I was also telling Christina that we're gonna ha we're gonna grill at my house this evening, and I said something about those people to Jared, and Christina said, "Who's gonna be there?" And I said, "Oh, those people are gonna be there." You know, because uh, I know when all the church folks come over to our house, uh, my neighbors are going, oh, it's those people again. But you, can we just, come on, can we just, by a show of hands, how many of you just, you have an idea who I'm talking about? Those people. Come on, some of y'all ain't being honest this morning. Come on, you know it's those people. I used to have some of those people. Y'all, what is with Spring Hill and Burning Leaves? You ain't supposed to do it. Thank you. Call the cops. 
So no, I don't call I don't call the police on people for burning leaves. But listen, I had some some I had a neighbor, and they love to burn. The worst thing you burn is pine straw because it just sits there and smolders. And they would start at like six a.m. Y'all burning pine straw. In the yard, and I would come home, and I would look at my house, and the smoke would go across my yard, up my wall, <laughs> across my roof, and I'd go inside, and my whole house would smell like burnt pine straw. And I'd be looking through my blinds. I'd be like, mm, there's those people again. That's who we're talking about this morning. Come on, raise your hand if you've ever been. To- no, I'm sorry. Mm. <coughs> those people. <coughs> Ooh, man. Those people, come on, sometimes those people get personal with you, and they are critical. Mm. Mm. You ever been around somebody just so critical all the time? Pastor, it was 70 degrees in the church this morning. Well, I'm sorry, we had the thing set on 67 but there's energy in the house. Come on. You know what? We talked about one time doing, a, doing like an old school service and just not doing the air. And uh, the board was like, Pastor, listen, just. <laughs> Sometimes you get around those people and they're controlling. Y'all ever been around a controlling person? Come on. You ever rode with uh, Brit? I'm, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, boy. I better, I better quit while I'm ahead. Jason, you want to come preach? <laughs> Woo. You ever get around somebody that's just really arrogant? Come on. Sometimes those people are just really arrogant. And you're like, ah, man, you're you're, you're just really. Sometimes you get around some some mean folks. Those people are mean. Just mean for no reason. Those people know. Y'all, this one gets me. They know everything about everything. And not only do they know everything about everything, Callie, they finna tell you that they know everything about everything. They're like, hey, man, do you know that when they paved that road in 1947, there was a man that, that, who cares? That you know everything about, I got Google too. Like, man, those people, those people, they start rumors in the office. They start rumors at the grocery store. Over there by the produce. Mm. Just pick out your cantaloupe. Man, those people, those people. We ain't gossiping this morning. We're talking about, we're talking about what to do. We're talking about what to do with those people. Because sometimes when we face those people, we get really frustrated. Come on. We even get angry about those people. So what do you do? You encounter someone that exhibits some of these, some of these behaviors that just, just really, really frustrate you. What do you do? What do you do? Listen, as followers of Jesus, number one, what is the greatest commandment? Come on, anybody? Come on, come on, come on. Jesus says, love people. Jesus did not say, hey, Hey, disciples, hey, especially you, Peter. He didn't say, hey, guys, love people that don't know everything about everything and tell you. He said, love everyone. Come on. That is a commandment. 
It's not just a suggestion. It's a commandment. That means you got to do it. You've got to love people. If we say, hey, we follow Jesus, then we've got to love people, even and including those people. Come on, come on, come on. So, so we find ourselves sometimes, <clears throat> we're trying to love people. We're trying to be patient. We're trying to be long-suffering with people. And you get to that point where you just get mad. And so here's what Paul writes in Ephesians 4. Uh, <coughs> excuse me again. In Ephesians 4, 26, he writes, <clears throat> In your anger, do not sin. Let's have an altar call right now. He says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And, listen to this, Christian, do not give the devil a foothold. Mm. Mm. Do you know that when you let your anger control your behavior, you're not just messing up somebody's day, you're not just messing up your day, but you are letting Satan have access to your life. Come on, are you with me this morning? Come on, you are giving access to your life, to the prince of lies, to one who only wants to destroy you. In your anger, do not sin. What's that mean? What's that mean? Come on, do we need to have a real uh, deep Jimmy Swaggart Bible study here? No. In your anger, do not sin means in your anger, y'all ready? Do not sin. <laughs> wow. Bible study. Come on. In your anger, do not sin. What does that mean, church family? Does that mean uh, that means that you can't get angry? No. Because if you have a four-year-old son named Jonah, you're going to get angry. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you have internet and you get on social media, you're going to get angry. If you watch... Uh, politically divisive speeches, he meddling now, y'all, you're going to get angry. So what do you do? You don't sin. All right. Watch this. Being offended is inevitable. You will get offended at some point in your life. It may be today. It may be tomorrow. It may be the next day. You may have already been offended this morning. Yep. Come on. You will get offended. Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. Come on. Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. So here's what happens. You, you hold on to anger. You hold on to that thing that happened, and it just made you so mad, and you don't, you don't do that anymore. Come on. We don't go to that place. We don't... We don't Talk to that person, um, and, and what you do is you, you nurture that offense. Now, let me, let me clarify something here. I do believe that it is okay for a Christian to um, walk away from someone, okay? I, don't, I do not think that there is a place in this Bible that says that you need to stay with a toxic, when a person is being evil and toxic to you. I don't think that there's a place where, where Jesus commands us to stay there and endure that abuse forever. He does command us to love someone, and I can love you and walk away at the same time. Come on. 
I'm not, you're never going to hear Pastor JB say, hey, man, you need, to, you need to hang out with that person that's evil to you because the Bible says so. I'm not going to say that. So, so don't get me wrong here. But what you do is you nurture that offense, and that offense becomes your identity. I know a guy that things that hurt him years ago, he just lives on them. And he rehearses that hurt. And it's like, dude, why don't you just move on? And the reason why he doesn't move on is because that hurt has become his identity. Y'all get what I'm saying here? And, and that's, not, that's not what Jesus wants for us, church family. He doesn't want hurt to be our identity. He wants healing to be our identity. And healing is only found in Jesus. Come on. Come on, if you want true healing to the offenses and the hurts and the things that you've dealt with, that you've, come on, it may, it may not have been your fault. It's something somebody did to you, and it hurts. And every time you think about it, it hurts, and you still wince a little bit. The way to find healing from that, true healing from that, is not going and gossiping, is not going and saying something, is not posting something inflammatory on social media, the true way to find healing from that is to give it all to Jesus. That's why we love that song, Make Room. Come on, we sing it all the time. And like every single week, the worship is like, dude, let's sing Make Room. And, and we're like, no, we're going to burn it out. We love that song because it's an anthem that says, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make room for the things that you want to do. And I'm going to get rid of this stuff that I'm holding on to. You ever have somebody come over to your house and they just bring stuff with them? Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless it's food. I want to. I want. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes people come over and they just bring stuff. And they're like. Hey, man, I just thought you probably wanted this china set that was, it's from 1846, and it weighs 47 pounds. And I thought you needed that, Pastor. You just look like a guy that loves fine china. <laughs> here, I'm going to put it right on your, or I'm going to put it right here. Come on, sometimes people hand things to you. Y'all get what I'm saying? Emotionally, sometimes somebody comes with a big, nasty, cockroach-filled box and just puts it right, right on your doorstep. What do you do with that? Do you keep it forever? Do you keep it forever? No. You've got to make room for God to move in your life. How do you do that? How do you make room? You, you say, oh, this is heavy. And, and you say, Jesus, can you handle this? And guess what, family? There's never a day that you don't try to hand him something where he says, whoa, hold on. The, the old back, you know. No, that's not Jesus. Come on. Come on. So we don't want to live offended. So I wonder if, if there was a meeting in hell and they said, hey, we want to figure out the best way to destroy this family or that family that's, that's following Jesus, how can we really mess them up? And they brought out the smartest demons. How can we mess them up? I think they would come up with these three ways to destroy our families, to destroy us personally. To, um, and we can just, if you, if you want to write this down, it's three deeds of destruction. The first thing, 
if we, if, if, if demons, if Satan and his forces, if they could divide families, friends, and churches, that's a pretty good way to cause some destruction. That's a pretty good way to mess some things up, to divide families, friends, and churches. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question, church family. Have you ever in your life seen someone upset because someone didn't wear a mask or did wear a mask or got vaccinated or didn't get vaccinated? Come on. Or they did this, they voted for this guy, or they voted for this guy. Come on. And they get mad. Oh, my goodness. People get so stinking mad. Let's riot. Let's do this. Let's burn down a building. Come on. Division. You cannot tell me. I love that there was a, and it came from an NFL player, and, and I just love this, the way they broke down this, uh, this situation. But uh, during 2020, the summer of 2020, um, there were a lot of riot, there was a lot of rioting going on. You guys all remember that, okay? We all remember that situation. And this, this gentleman, he said, it's not a race issue, it's a heart issue. And he said, there is a demonic force behind all of this division. Because let me tell you something about God. My God is a God of unity and is a life-giving God. You know what God's ultimate goal is? God's ultimate goal is for you to be close to him. That is unity, okay? Now, we messed that up way back in the Garden of Eden, and we walked away. Sin entered the heart of man, and that's why we want to strive for a life of holiness. We want to get close to God, and that's what he wants for us. So right now, there's so much division, politics, race, race division, vaccine, max, uh, <laughs> masks, all that stuff, and, and people get upset. Family members will not talk. Y'all ever had a, like an awkward Thanksgiving meal? We used to, man, Pastor Daphne's not here, so I'm going to just, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> and so so we, we have, in our family, we have people that are on all different sides of the aisle. Some of them laying in the middle of the aisle. Some of them ain't even in the aisle. They're outside the aisle. I mean, they're outside. In, you know. And so I, we, we have a Thanksgiving uh, lunch. And listen, y'all, can I just be real? Yeah. I'm here to eat. <laughs> I'm not here to, like, I love my family, but I'm here for that turkey. I'm here for that gravy. I'm here for that mashed potatoes. And Lord, if you got banana pudding. That's what I came for. And so I sit down and it's like, somebody says, well, did you hear about the thing on the news? And I'm like, man, are we doing this again? And people get mad. Y'all, let me tell you, that's demonic. That is demonic. And I want you to just recognize that. I want you to recognize that when, when those people try to, try to bring in division and, and anger, I want you to recognize, hey, this is demonic. And I'm not going to sit here as, as someone who serves Jesus, who only wants to unify everyone together unto him. Come on, that's good. I'm not going to sit here and just be like, yeah, bro, that, yeah, whatever you're talking about, let's, let's have a divisive, no. Church family, I think that we need to fight against that. And I think we need to say, hey, let's, let's not get angry at each other over an opinion. Let's speak against those things. It might offend you. It might offend you. 
some, there are a lot of opinions out there politically, economically, that offend me greatly. There are a lot of sinful things. I will never, ever shy away from being pro-life. I am one billion percent pro-life. And so the idea that someone wants to uh, take an innocent child and remove them from the equation, that both horrifies me and offends me. But church family, does that, does that mean that I get to hate the person that has that opinion? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because Jesus, who loved me when I was still sinning, loves that person as well. Come on. The second thing, the second D of destruction. Woo. Distract Christians from their mission. Come on. If, if we get mad about culture and we say, man, I'm so mad at that place or that person and I'm just not going to talk to them anymore. And I'm going to speak out against them. I used to have, a, I used to do this, and God convicted me. Holy Spirit got all over me. I would, I would speak on like social media. I would say, "Hey, this was dumb. They shouldn't have done that." And then y'all, God got all over me, and He's like, "Hey, is that? Are you building? Are you building that person? Are you leading them closer to me?" So, church family, I think that we need to make sure that we always stay on mission. And our mission is what? to lead people to Christ. That is our mission. Whether it be through teaching, preaching, or the biggest way is just living your life in a Christ-like fashion. Come on. So, if we can, if, if, if Satan and his forces can distract you from your mission. He can bring so much destruction. Church family, there's nothing, there's not much that breaks my heart like seeing a, a Christian person lash out and completely ruin their witness. Y'all, it just, it upsets me. It upsets me. And uh, sometimes your anger, you know, we, we talked about righteous anger last week and self-righteous anger. And sometimes you're mad about something. You know, I, I use this, this example a lot because it just happened and it's very personal. But Jason and I dealt with a situation when we were on vacation. Somebody put all of our children in danger and chastity in danger. And I was so proud of Jason because he didn't react in anger. He was upset and I was frightened. But he didn't react in anger. And he served, y'all. Even in his anger, even in his fright, because it was scary. Somebody crashed into the car that all our kids were in. It was a drunk driver. But even in that, Jason showed the love of Jesus by not going crazy on this dude. If Satan can distract us from our mission and cause us to lash out, we're going to mess up. That brings destruction. The third thing, the third D of destruction is discredit your witness. If a Christian person, if a Christian person argues, stays, wants to stay, hey, I'm mad about this, stays angry, it's critical, judgmental, hypocritical, self-centered, self-righteous, easily offended, Ticked at the world. Your witness is over. Your witness is over. 
Sorry, but that's the facts. That's the facts because here's what happens, church family. And listen, don't get me wrong here. I believe that we need to be aware and I believe we need to be awake about things. But that does not mean you need to run around lobbing nukes at everything that you disagree with and saying, well, that person's going to hell. I saw you at Sonic while you're on a diet. You hypocrite. I'm sorry, I got the app. It's very tempting. Them churro shakes are of the devil, okay? Man. Let me, let me wrap up. Y'all, he wants to distract us. He wants to discredit our witness. But Paul says in Ephesians 4, 26, he says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. The day of your hurt should also be the day of your healing. Reconcile. Reconcile. Even if, what, well, pastor, what if somebody does something ugly and they run off? What if somebody does something ugly and, and I have to just leave the situation because it's dangerous? Here's what I think you can do, family. I think that you can reconcile with Jesus. There was a, a person that was, being, that, was, that was using a lot of ugly words towards me and my, and my wife and even my children one time. He's just cursing us, cursing us, cursing us. And this is what I said to that person. I said, hey, I love you, but I can't, I can't go on this path with you. I can't continue. I love you, and I'm going to pray that God rescues you. And I had to step away from that. And what you do is you immediately, you immediately run to the one that can protect you. You immediately run to the one that saves instead of just, man, the rest of the day, go home, slam the door. You slam the door at my house, Brittany, come talk to you. Don't matter if you're four or 33. She coming. I think one of the things, probably the, the, the primary way that you sin in anger is when you don't trust Jesus. Church family, that's really the base of all sin is when we, when we give up trust. If it's a lustful sin, we, we don't trust God to handle, to handle that feeling, to handle that urgency. If it's a sin of anger, we're not trusting God. If it's a sin of, you know, we stole something or we hit something or whatever, ultimately it's because we did not trust God with our actions and our emotions and our responses. So we want to trust Him. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to finish quick here. Um, let me just say this, and then we'll close. I've got about three more pages of notes, but... Um, I feel like I want to say this. I want to communicate this last point because it makes such a big difference in, in, in a Christian's witness. And here's the thing, church. Satan, if he can hit you with those three things, let's read over those one more time. If he can divide families. Y'all, how many families are just split? Is that not heartbreaking? If he can divide friends... Well, we're not friends anymore. Why? 
Why can't we reconcile? If he can divide churches, and that one stings. Y'all, because churches get broken up over silly, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it, stupid things. Silly things. The church, y'all, the church is so important. Not, not only the global church, the global movement of God, but the local church is so important. This gathering that you, thank God, are a part of this morning, come on, that is so important. If you're on the back row, if you're on the front row, if you're in the middle, that's important. And if Satan can divide that, if he can mess that up, how many people that are wrapped up in darkness, that are lost, are going to stay that way? Because the church is messed up. And lastly, or no, I'm sorry, uh, if he can distract you, man, if you focus on Christ, if you focus on the cross, I don't think there's anything out there that can beat you. But if Satan can do things, if he can get in that ear and offend you and make you angry and play to your emotions and you look away from the cross just for a little bit, that's enough time for him to get right up in there, right up in your stuff. And lastly, discredit your witness. And I want to share a verse here that is, is just striking to me. Because so many Christians, I'm gonna, let me preach. So many Christians forget this part of their Bible. And let me tell you something. If you're not going to have the whole thing, then put it down. If you're not, I'm not, you know, one time Brother Garth was preaching, he said, if we're not going to follow the Bible, throw it out. And that dude threw his Bible in accident. We're not going to do that today. But church family, if you're not going to follow every part of this, then put it down and be quiet. Let me be real. Now, some people use that terminology to abuse what is in this scripture. Now, I think that you need to take every word of it and understand what it means. Let me get off on something here. Because some people will say, well, that fast women can't preach. You're lying. You're lying. You might read that, but that means you don't understand. If you get women can't serve in ministry out of here, then you're not understanding what the word means. Okay, so we don't want to take every word here at just at face value, skim over it, and put our own meaning to it. We want to fall in love with the words in this book and understand them and get into the deeper meaning. Y'all with me this morning? Yeah. Let me get really real with you for just a minute because whew, Jesus help me. Some of us in this room, myself included, forget this part. I want to read it out of the book. I don't read it off my phone. Roy's with me. Ephesians. You better remember this, Christian. Because if you don't, the Greek word for for foothold is, is topos which means a place. And if you want to give Satan a place in your life, then forget this. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Do not 
Let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Christian, I think a lot of us need to repent today because we get mad and we say things. We get mad and we say things. Y'all, I got mad this week and I said things, not to a person, but to myself. And sometimes you say the dumbest things to yourself and yourself listens. Stop talking to yourself. (laughs) Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do you know why Paul said that? Paul said that because he was talking to a group of people that deal with people problems. And I think every one of us has had people problems in our life. It's somebody you work with. It's somebody you work for. It's somebody that sits at your table. It's somebody in your church. It's somebody you met. It's somebody you haven't met. It's somebody on TV. It's somebody somewhere. And you have a problem with that person. And so we let unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. And here's what happens, Christian, because you get in your car and you say, man, they made me mad. And you punch your steering wheel. Do you know who hears you say that? Do you know who hears that unwholesome talk? You. You hear it. And you, when you do that, you set a standard in your own life. I can talk like that. I have that attitude. And when you repeat that, man, that guy's a jerk. (laughs) You just just let it all out. That gets set up in here. That's hard preaching, Pastor. That's tough. That's tough. Do you think J.B. Law never gets upset at somebody and gets in his truck and slams the door. Yeah, I do. Church family, I want to just give you a little, I've been preaching a little hard. Okay? (laughs) That's all we're going to take off tonight. (laughs) Let me give you a little hope. Let me give you a little hope. If we can recognize that we're doing that, if we can recognize that unwholesome talk is escaping, that our mouth is getting ahead of our brain and our heart, then we can give that attitude to Christ. Come on, that's one in boxes. Ooh, that's a heavy box too. Don't don't lift with your back on that one because you're going to go to the hospital. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Everybody breathed in. They're like, man... I think that Paul attacked that so intentionally because he knows that's one of the hardest things that a person can do is to get their tongue under control. But do you know what the Bible also says about your tongue? It says that your tongue has the power of life and death. And one of the the greatest things that I've been taught, and thank, thank God for Pastor Denny Duran. Pastor Denny set a standard in all the community church network He set a standard of speaking life into situations, not death. And I remember when I got around the the Duran army. (laughs) If you know, you know. They are, they, 
they, they are a big clan. Anyway, when I got around them, and I got around Pastor Denny, and I got around Philip Dees, and I got around Destiny, and I got around all those people, I was struck by how much they spoke life into situations. And Pastor Denny, because let me tell you something about these small towns. Small towns, it ain't just Spring Hill. It ain't just Plain Deal. And it ain't just Haynesville. It ain't just Homer. It's small towns all over. They get these apathetic attitudes. Like, we're small and forgotten, and we just have a bad attitude. And I'm used to that. And so I encounter this group of people, and they're just like, come on, man. Wow, God's just using y'all here. And we're like, huh? <laughs> what? And they come in, and, and it's like they just speak life into situations. And so I learned something, Miss Stacy. I learned that every time that I go into a situation and I don't speak life, I've missed an opportunity. Even if you have a problem with it. Even if you have something to critique or, or you know, comment on, which is fine, you know? Sometimes you got to say something. Hey, hey, pastor. The window is literally busted over here. You know, sometimes you got to say something, but you can say things in a life-giving way. And I want to always make sure, I got to be, I got to shut down. I've got to make sure that in my life that I conduct myself in a life-giving way because church family, I serve a life-giving God. Amen? Amen? And so here's the hope. Here's the hope. Let's shut down on this. Let's close on this. That I think we all struggle with that mouth trying to run off. Grab it. <laughs> what do we do? We recognize that. Here's the hope. We don't have to be bitter. We don't have to be angry when we're dealing with those people because we have Jesus. And that's our hope today. Our hope is in Christ. I don't have to be angry. I don't have to lo let loose a string of profanity every time I get upset about something. <clears throat> I don't have to scream at my kids because they try to open a Sprite and it explodes all over my kitchen floor. I don't have to get mad at people and, and demean them and cut them down because I have hope. And that hope sets you apart. So, what do you do? Maybe, maybe you do slip up. You get mad. Oh, I can't stand that person. I think what we do is we try our best not to do that. But if it happens and when it happens, because it's going to happen, because you're just people. We're all just people. We don't stop and say, well, I guess I'm not a, I guess I'm a sinner because I got mad. No, no. We remember that we've got a, we've got a God, a father, Abba that loves us so much and restores us and we lean into restoration. And every time, church family, that you encounter someone that's got a bad attitude, that's acting out, acting a fool, you remember, God restored me. You, I want you to remember, God restored me. And if God can restore me from where I was, what can he do for them? I want you to remember that. When we get ready to choose somebody, when we get ready to slam our door and scream at the inside of our vehicle, 
Remember that, that there is restoration. Do not sin in your anger. You can be mad. You're going to be mad, especially if you married. <laughs> in your anger, do not sin. Remember, God's got your back. God is a restorer. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? I want to just, I want to pray a prayer right now. of repentance and restoration. Because I feel like probably all of us have, just to vent to ourselves, spoken death over situations, talked unwholesomely. Let those unwholesome, nasty words come out of our mouth. And I just want to repent. That's, what this, that's one of the reasons that we gather. It's to say, God, I know I messed up and I know that you restore. So let's pray together. God, I just pray right now, and I just come to you as...